Good morning, Tappers. Good morning, Tappers. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Crime on Tap. Welcome our 30 listeners average a week. I mean, this is so exciting. Like, we are growing our audience, Megan. I love our Tappers. I love their dedication. Love. Love. And um, we would love if you slid into our DMs at Crime on Tap Pod on Instagram. Get on our Instagram, slide in over there, <laughs> follow us, like us, give us the algorithm boost. We are we have been grinding out for two years on this podcast, and we are finally getting what we deserve here, a loyal audience of listeners. I feel like I'm one of those YouTubers who like buys like a Lamborghini, and I'm like, it's all because of you. Like, you guys did this. Without your support, I wouldn't have this Lamborghini in my yacht in Mykonos. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, can you share a little bit of the wealth? Can you send me a couple yeah. thousand dollars? Or? Yeah, give, give us a little something. Well, for now, you guys, you know, we're we're a podcast on a budget here. Um, mm-hmm. We don't really have the money to be sending out to everybody. Um, what, what we ha- do have to give is our time. And it's very valuable, so you better respect mm-hmm. it. Well, my, I, uh, speaking of time, my time is very limited right now because I got a lot of things going on in my life. I'm moving to Florida, mm-hmm. as we all know. Um, it's a journey getting down to the, um, the freedom state of Florida. Um, I'm, I can't leave Boston too quick without um, the plumbers coming in, fixing the apartment, things falling apart here, people hitting my car, dealing with the insurance. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to plan how I'm going to sue this man for diminished value of my vehicle. There's a lot going on here. I'm, I'm prepping <laughs> to go to small claims court. I can't get out of Massachusetts fast enough, Megan. It is it is a journey to get to leave this, leave this fucking state. Let me tell you what. Well, I also like that it's like, oh, it definitely isn't like trying to keep you there. It's like, oh, I'll give you the last one, couple kicks in the ass <laughs> on your way out. Like... <gasps> it's so true like what is next i'm just waiting for it so but yeah my time is very it's very crunched right now so tappers you are getting all of me you're getting all of crime on tap right now but yeah there's a lot going on behind the scenes so we are so thankful for you guys tuning in for another episode we got another speedy classic coming to you these episodes gonna be a little speedy but the content is there baby so yeah, we're coming. We're coming right at you. It seems threatening, but well, Megan, I'm coming right at you with a glass full of water because, um, in this port for the four, we are hydrating, um, just mm-hmm. to get through this this episode, through this heat wave, through this summer, um, and I'm gonna need all that hydration when I get to Florida. So I am I'm preparing my hydration for Florida, but that's what I'm drinking. So what are you drinking, Megan? I'm gonna say when you go to Florida, you're gonna have to go up to two gallons a day to keep up. Yeah. You're not kidding. I'm going to need I, – I already got two bathrooms. I'm going to need a third after the amount of peeing I'm going to be doing after two gallons of water. Let me tell you what. Oh, yeah. I definitely have been peeing more this summer because I'm drinking so much just to, like, keep the headaches at bay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was hoping, like, over time, like, if I just continued drinking mass amounts of water, that my bladder would magically get bigger. But it hasn't. So that's science. I, I'm confirming that right now, that it doesn't get bigger. It, it doesn't get better. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, they say you have to like train your bladder because like I've definitely noticed now that I'm home more, I don't have to hold it. So like I feel like you have to like not have as much access to a bathroom. Right. And it'll beat you more. Oh, is that the trick? That's what I've heard. I don't know. I just gotta like lock my lock the bathroom doors and not have access to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my advice. That's my medical advice. <laughs> All right, so I guess I'll start trading my bladder. I'll let you guys know how it works. 
Yeah, on your journey, your bladder journey. I'm excited to hear. <laughs> Man, I got so many journeys, I can't keep up. Yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah, right. <laughs> we are, uh oh, we're getting slap happy here on Crime on Tap. I know, we are. Well, Megan, <laughs> I just put my legs up, so that means it's time to get into the episode. Okay, kick it into gear because hot toppies are here. Ooh. All right, so into today's speedy classic. Um, I got a couple stories for you, Megan. One's old, Uh-oh. old ancient, old girl here that is a true crime lover's dream to be solved. Um, and another one here I have is coming out of Florida. Coincidentally, coming out of Florida. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of crimes going on in California recently. Or California. That too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Florida. Um but I wanted to talk about this little story that happened back in the 1980s. Now, here on Crime on Tap, we've been reporting recently about a lot of stories that have happened like 40, 50 years ago that are all of a sudden getting solved. Like, oh my gosh, I almost did this story. Okay. Oh, so you know all about it. Yeah. Okay. So the story is in the 1980s, the 17-year-old Teresa Filling- Fillingham, um, she vanished in 1980 in Tampa, Florida. Um, a year after she vanished, police found four sets of human remains at the six acre family home of Billy Mansfield Jr. Um, the neighbors of Billy Mansfield dubbed that house as the house of horrors. Two victims of his crimes were identified, but the other two were not until today. One of the remains that were not identified were just identified. Um, Oh, I mean, this happened 42 years ago and... They're solving, they're figuring out who this body was. I mean, what's, like, what are these revelations? Like, this is a, this is saying a lot. It's and the this, beauty of technology. The beauty of technology. And this is all coming from one company. It is called Paraben Nano Labs. Now I'm going to get to them into my next, my next topic. Um, I'm going in deeper on Paraben Nano Labs because I wanted to know more about them, what they're doing. How are they solving these, like, ancient history true crimes that police and detectives have not been able to do for do so um so a little bit later on in the episode i'll get into them and what they're doing and the technology that they have um but with this story miss Teresa, who was recently identified in the killing that was 42 years ago um was in thanks and partnerships and advanced dna tech with the university of northern texas and parabanana labs um and they were able to use excavated remains from the property um, that was from 42 years ago. Samples of the remains were sent to various labs over the years, but no DNA files um, were able to be developed until 2020. So a lot of times they have the DNA or the evidence, but they're not able to build a full profile of the DNA. Right, Megan? Is that how mm-hmm. to explain it? Like they do have DNA. They just don't have like a full, like, composite, or I don't know, how, I don't know the wordage. Yeah, like I, how I think of it is like you know, on uh, the Law and Order, they're like, oh, we only have a partial print, like it's not enough to like right. say one person for certain. Yes, because they said before prior years they have entered this DNA and evidence into the national database, but there was no hit or match, so it wasn't like a full. DNA segment. Where's Leah? She would know exactly what's that called. (laughs) 
I, I don't know. That sounds right. That sounds right enough to me. Okay. Um, so at Paraben, researchers tried again using Paraben's new snapshot DNA phenotyping. Now, when I hear snapshot, all I can think of is all I can think about is the snapshot discount from Progressive that I have had to do twice in my lifetime, and I will not do again. <laughs> okay, so you're you're triggered by flow, is what I'm hearing. I am. I am done with them. So with this phenotyping snapshot DNA testing, um, the services produce a trait prediction for the victim. So this is like fami- familial tracking. We've talked about this before on the podcast of this new DNA uh, processing, whatever that goes back and traces DNA through your family's history. um, And it can kind of link through there. Um, So the new profile was created at this laboratory um, and they were able to create actionable leads. Um, So once they got a full complete DNA sample, they also got a DNA sample from her sister um, in which confirmed that the missing identity was um, of Teresa. So, I mean, that's pretty cool that they, I mean, I feel like in prior years, they probably assumed that it was Teresa, but now with the evidence that they have, it's confirmed to be her DNA. It matches with her sister's DNA or there's similarities in both. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that is so cool that we're getting this kind of technology and all of the new crimes that are going to be solved because of this new technology. And I don't know why nobody else is doing it. And closure for the families. Well, unfortunately her parents are dead, but there is now closure for the sister. So the sister came mm-hmm. out and said that, Oh, unfortunately my parents are dead and they don't get the closure, but at least I get it now and I can move on. Oh, well, so. yeah. I mean, keep, Keep doing doing the things and solving the murders. Well, they are, Megan, and get into your little topic because I got more to talk about the paraben snapshot discount. Okay. <laughs> so my next one, I feel like I do often, but it's a serious issue. So it's um, children getting a hold of guns and shooting people. Okay, this is your niche. We talked about this. Yeah, so I saw it and I was like, okay, I have to do it. <laughs> so so this happened in Easter, eastern Indiana. A six-year-old boy shot his five-year-old sister and killed her. And she was rushed to the hospital, but she was pronounced dead pretty quickly. Um, and the parents have been arrested in the killing. So... Jacob Grayson is the father. He said his six-year-old son removed one of the two loaded guns from the safe and shot his sister. The safe? uh, Clearly the safe isn't safe if it's not locked. Well, yeah. Oh, well, get get this because they have three counts of neglect. Good. um, And one, one of which resulting in death. So the... There's the husband, Jacob Grayson, and the wife, Kimberly Grayson. The kids are underage, so they didn't reveal those names. Mm -hmm. But um, apparently the son has opened the safe before. He knows where the key is. And his dad was at work and his mother was napping. So she didn't wake up. And apparently they have several times in the past taken this six-year-old boy (sighs) to the gun range to teach him how to fire a gun. Okay. Okay, I believe in gun safety and teaching people how to use a gun, but not six years old. <laughs> like, 
And so then, uh, of course, the CBS has gotten a bunch of, um, like, from their own, like, social media, the parents of him proudly holding up, like, that Target thing, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And with the bullet holes in it of him, um, videos of him, like, pulling, putting bullets in the gun. So he, like, knew oh. how to use a gun. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, it says something that the gun was loaded in the safe. Because I was like, he, there's no way that a six-year-old knows how to load a gun. But he does. Well, even if it wasn't, he he would be able to figure it out. But that's the thing is there, like, you you always keep the bullets separate for that exact reason of kids. But it sounds like even if they kept it separate, that he knows, they taught him how to load a gun. Right. It's like at six years old, when would he ever need that yeah. at six years old? Well, I'm sure it's just like bragging, and like, like bragging, like, oh hey, look at my six year old can shoot a gun. Like, can yours even walk? Yeah, like some stupid shit like that. <laughs> yeah, like posturing or whatever. But like, also it, at that age too, like they don't understand the permanence of death. So he was probably like mad at his sister. So he's like, I'll shoot her, <laughs> right? But not realizing that she's dead forever, right? sort of thing like six years old there's not they're not young enough and i know the argument like um guns are just the tools i'm thinking okay a hammer is a tool i'm not gonna give a six-year-old a hammer right you know what i'm saying yeah like it's one thing to give an adult a hammer versus a six-year-old a hammer i just this is me thinking in my brain this is that movement i just (laughs) don't know why people don't listen to our podcast to learn more about safely locking your guns away so children can't get them right i feel like there is a certain age especially around here in vermont like kids know how to use a gun to hunt deer is like the thing and i'm like so i'm like okay there is a time and a place but i feel like six-year-old and like a handgun not like a hunting rifle like a handgun (laughs) yeah you know what i'm saying there's no reason for him at that age to know that if he wants to at 16 or 18 whatever right that's different like, clearly he didn't teach oh. his son how not, like, not how not to use the gun. Like, I feel like it's good that he was teaching him, like, gun safety and everything. But, like, he should have been like, don't ever use the gun without my permission. You know, it's going to be locked here. You're not going to be able to access it. Like, clearly that wasn't implied. Yeah, like, so the kid knows where the key is. He's probably, like, he's probably lazy and sitting on the couch, like, hey, uh, here's the key to the safe. This is where we keep it. Go get my gun or something, yeah. you know? Well, I'm glad like, that they're yeah, getting so. punished for this. Well, now, I'm sure the mother is, like, in distraught that her daughter's dead. Good that there's laws in place that will reprimand these fucking parents for being terrible parents yeah i mean yeah is stupid decision to take your six year also the hunt the firing range why did they let him right well it's is it east like and this isn't even florida this is indiana how far east of indiana like is this in like it has to be in like the boone bumfuck nowhere indiana i think it said 40 miles outside of indianapolis oh so it's not that deep in the woods yeah, so I don't, I don't. I don't know. Well, Megan, I'm, it's good to see that you're sticking with your niche. You're promoting gun safety. Yeah. Into mm-hmm. third gear here. I'm going back to the Paraben Paraben Nano Labs. Now, this is woman owned, woman CEO. Oh, Queens. Queen. Her name is Cece Moore. She is the chief genetic genealogist 
and she's been doing like a press tour. Like she's getting out there. She's letting everybody know um, what Paraben Nanolabs is here for, what they're doing. Um, now, I believe a little while back um, and in one of these episodes, I spoke about the JonBenet Ramsey case and how they're fighting the state of Colorado to release more evidence to third-party independent um, laboratories to run DNA samples. They're back in the news again. John Bonet's brother, John Ramsey, and the father are all coming out and appealing, um, and they're renewing the appeals with the Colorado governor, um, Jared Paulus, to allow the independent agencies to conduct DNA testing. Because currently, right now, the Colorado police um, still have not tested some DNA evidence from the John Bonet Ramsey case, and they're not what, allowing it to I, be that tested. That makes me think it was. Else. That makes me think it was someone on the force. <laughs> I Right? So. Or a retired guy or something. Like, I don't understand how, like, if your daughter died, how the police can have evidence and then not give it to the family. Like, how how do they not have a say and how the evidence can be used? Like, how does the police own that evidence? I don't get it. It's not even yours. Like, it was never your property. You know what I'm saying? I guess, like, I guess by law it becomes their property when they That's need so it for fun. a case. <laughs> yeah, they got a lot of fucked up things going on. So, the JonBenet Ramsey family, they are urging the Colorado police and everybody to allow them to give the DNA evidence to the Paraben Nano Labs. The Paraben nanolabs that we have been talking about multiple times on this podcast that have been solving cold cases 40, 50 years old that have been running these new technologies to solve these cases that have not even been on police radar um, in the past. So the family right now is pleading and appealing and trying to get the evidence into Miss Cece Moore's hands so she can start running those DNA samples to get some fucking answers here. Um, so Cece Moore recently went live um, on Australia 60 Minutes um, and she said that it could take as little as a few hours for her team to identify DNA collected at the crime scene from 1996. She's saying within a few hours she could have a full DNA sample and beginning her work to finding out who the killer was of John Benet Ramsey. Um, so I, I feel like I kind of came to terms with it's a forever mystery. And we're never going to know. So like, I feel like it would be so insane to finally know who it was after all this time. Like it's hard for me to even conceptualize. <laughs> right. Well, so I wanted to look into more of what this company is doing, because just like the last story I talked about, they just solved that like last week. And um, we talked about a re- another recent story that was so old and 40 years old and Paraben Labs solved it. So I looked up again, like what else has Paraben Labs solved? So they just recently solved another murder from 1975 involving a 19 year old girl named Lindy Sue Beichler. She was stabbed to death in her own home. Um, from this case, the labs took DNA that was collected from the clothing um, that was sent into Miss C.C. Moore's lab. Um, 
and it was used to hone in unlikely suspects, specifically those with ancestral ties to Gaspirna, Italy, a small town in the southern part of the country. So I don't know how they got that. that I don't know how they got that connection, mm-hmm. but they were able to run more tests and found about 2,300 people with that Italian genetic ties that were living in Lancaster County around the time of the killing in 1975. So now they've narrowed it down to 2,300 suspects. Um, They've narrowed the search down even further from court documents, newspaper archives, and more, where they were able to get a prominent suspect um, and giving that information to law enforcement where they were able to find the fucking suspect and the killer of this girl from 1975. Um, it says that once CC Moore gave the tip to law enforcement, they were able to track down this man. They followed him to an airport where they recovered a coffee cup that he threw away in the garbage and they tested the DNA from that coffee cup and it matched with the fucking DNA that CC Moore in her laboratory fucking got and now they charge this man with the fucking murder of lindy from 1975 oh my god it would be such a dream to work there like (laughs) i would feel so satisfied with my job and feel so fulfilled and like a superhero right (laughs) they they even said that um um this case was or the man that did it was not even on the radar of police. He wasn't even a suspect in all these 40 plus years on this case. And all of a sudden he got caught because of CC Moore, that queen. Mm -hmm. He thought he'd gotten away with it. (laughs) I know. So it's just like, what else is, are we going to get solved? I mean, if they can solve that kind of case and her systems um, are able to track down this man 47 years ago in this cold case who did this i mean what else can cc mar do well i'm excited to see what else she's got i feel like she is a powerhouse and um y'all secret killers better watch out better watch out i mean but yeah this company's crazy they just sold another case um a case from 1982 involving a five-year-old girl and they were able to solve the case with a one centimeter of hair they were able to recover and make a full DNA sample from one centimeter of hair. So, I mean, what does this say? We just talked about D.B. Cooper. Like, there were cigarette butts left by D.B. Cooper. There was a tie left by D.B. Cooper. What is stopping C.C. Moore in her laboratory from finding out who D.B. Cooper is? I mean... The way, the way you said that, all I think was Dexter's laboratory. <laughs> oh my god. C.C.'s laboratory. Yes. <laughs> but all right, that's my little rant on CC Moore and Paraben Nano Labs. They're doing something different over there. It's solving these cold cases from many, many years ago. Um, and we just need to talk about her more because she's doing something over there and we need to be keeping up with it. Mm-hmm. We need to bring light to her cause. Yes, woman owned. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Elizabeth Holmes wishes. Okay, it was giving me Theranos vibes. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, but they're actually successful and real, so that's different. Right. Well, I hope it's real. Oh my gosh, she could just be like conning, conning random men. Honestly, I would respect. I, I, right? Yeah, I do what you got to do, CC. 
All right, kick it in final gear, Megan. Okay, final gear here is a kind of goofy, silly. No one's really hurt. Um, so there was a man in Oregon who was reportedly igniting wildfires randomly. Oh so he was just walking along a gravel road and setting fires in the forest about 25 miles north of Grant's Pass. Some, are just, some people are just um, arsonists by nature. Yeah, there there's like no other reason besides he was just like walking around like thinking he was cool, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, and you know Oregon is they're like they're a bunch of hippies yeah. and so they're like totally like that's not cool. So, this man, this man, Trennan Smith, 30 years old, was the one who was walking around doing this and the police put out a like okay here's this thing going on because they were they were able to spot the fires and quickly got them under control via helicopter Mm -hmm. three helicopters got out two of the fires that he had started luckily and they're like okay this man is is doing this this is what he looks like so three local residents happened upon a description matching the description of the fire starter and um, they approached him and he became violent. So he started like beating them up. I'm like, okay, it's three V one. Right. Like you think you're going to win. So the three unnamed residents were easily able to take him down and they tied him to a tree. This is so Oregon until the irony until <laughs> oh yeah i know that's why they're a bunch of hippies he's trying to start wildfires in a forest so they tie him to the damn tree <laughs> they're like you will love and so they turn. tie him yes <laughs> or it will kill you <laughs> so they it was like a citizen's arrest pretty much they tied him to the tree and waited there until authorities came and arrested him and his bond was set at a hundred thousand dollars which doesn't sound like it's been met, but <laughs> luckily the Oregon, you know, like fire team worked fast. They were able to put out the fires he started and the local residents who care about the trees and nature tied him to a tree to keep him <laughs> subdued until authorities I bet arrived. they tied him like tree roots or something too. Like all natural materials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just saw that and I was like, man, there sometimes I'm like, people are awful. And sometimes like people are so funny. Why do we do this? Well, stuff? <laughs> We're so goofy. Man, they're brave for approaching him. Like I would run inside and call the cops. Like I wouldn't like I, all the stories we talked about. I'm not approaching nobody. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I bet you there were like three burly, like lumberjack guys that like, or like you must kiss and respect the trees, you know, before you use them or right. something. Like, well, wildfires are fucking serious. Like, especially during the heat wave we had, like dry temperatures, especially out there. Well, Oregon's pretty wet, isn't it? Like it rains a lot. I don't know, but still, like wildfires I are think, serious. I think so, because it's like near Washington. In Washington, it's always raining in yeah. Washington, as I know from Twilight. It's like depressing so. out that way. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to tie that man to a tree so he can't get and away. Who, maybe the, the cops would have showed up and probably shot him. So maybe it's a good thing that they tied him to a tree. Right, because then he they can't say, oh, he's coming at me because he was literally tied to a tree. <laughs> right. So. Well, Megan, I'm glad we were leaving it off on a good note here, on a happy story. 
unlike um, the, the, yeah. all the murders and everything we talk about. So we're going to leave it right there. We're going to put it in park. And thank you guys so much for joining us mm-hmm. on another episode of Crime on Tap. Um, we need a motto. Like, live life, do something, you know, to end it every episode. Because we talk about such gruesome stuff. we got to mm-hmm. end it on, like, don't be scared. Go out there and live your life. So maybe if you guys have any ideas, mm-hmm. slide in our DMs on Instagram, Crime on Tap Pod. Let us know if you got any, any mottos. Well, how should we end it? Because you know how, like, Ellen DeGeneres ends her, her, her episodes by, like, saying be kind to one another or something? Or, like, Bob Barker saying get your, mm-hmm. get your pet spayed and neutered. We need to have something here on Crime on Tap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I thought we had um, – we'll see you guys next time where crime is always Well, on yeah, top. but, like, we need something like be kind to one another or go live life. Live life on the edge or something. I don't know. Live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Well, let us know what you're thinking, guys. Get over on our Instagram, Crime on Tap Pod. Yes, and be sure to follow us on – or and listen and follow, whatever, <laughs> on – we're on Spotify, Apple, and the other ones. Make sure to tell your family, friends, hoes, bros, family, oh, friends, foes, hoes, and bros. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> toes. Oh my god, toes for all you foot fetishers. Yeah, not could never be me. <laughs> hey, I'll sell a soul pick. I don't have any shame. I mean, I feel like if it would make me money, yeah, I'd right. do it. But in these times, I would hundred percent do it. <laughs> in this economy come, come on. on no brighter we'll see you guys next time where crime, crime is always, always on, on tap, tap. <laughs> 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 <laughs>